0: Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I'm joined by Melissa Curran. Melissa, welcome.
1: Uh, Good morning. Hello, Amy. Hi.
0: Well, Melissa is the founder of the Modern Mind Group, and I'm very keen to find out what that means.
1: Well, the Modern Mind Group itself is a company that is, it's, it's essentially all about your personal development and people's personal development. And what I mean by that is that it's not just about the technical skills that we have to do the jobs that we do, and the qualifications that we have. It's also about our emotional development, our mental development as well, and also within the company. Whilst we're an accredited CPD uh, CPD provide, training provider, it's also offering online counselling. So I work as an online counsellor and really spend time to help others find that self-empowerment, understand themselves better so that they can live happier, healthier lives. From a training perspective, it may be that I work with um, certain businesses or organisations to consult on setting up mental health and wellbeing programmes. It could be training their staff and their leaders uh, to be better at understanding the signs and symptoms of mental health conditions. But not that we're looking to diagnose or anything like that. It's just to be more aware of them and also to understand what it means to maybe communicate with someone a lot more on an emotional level or an emotional intelligence level so that you can create an environment of trust and openness with your team. Because what tends to happen is that if that trust is not there or when it's not there, They won't won't open up to their managers and their leaders. They'll start looking for other jobs. They'll fall in sick. Uh, They will tell everybody else how unhappy they are. But you won't necessarily know. Or the productivity, actually, you'll see the productivity of uh, what that person's doing start to slip. So it's really about understanding humans, understanding people, being better people leaders, people, people, uh, and understanding yourself. So that's sort of what I do. I'm also a, motion, um, a motivational speaker and I also ran, uh, run a podcast and host a podcast as well. So there's many different channels to what I do. It's really about educating, inspiring and motivating others to move forward in whatever way that, that may be.
0: And when did you found the Modern Mind Group?
1: It was last October and really what what sort of happened... I. Uh, it's, it's it's quite an emotional story for me because it's been quite a journey with my own mental health for oh, since I was 18, really. But over the last five years, it's really taught me much more about myself. And uh, what happened? I, I I tragically lost my dad. He collapsed of heart attack or or stroke uh, whilst myself and my now husband were in the house. Went through a very traumatic 24 hours. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, he he couldn't be saved. But I'd never lost a loved one like that. I'd lost loved ones through cancer, um, through, you know, very long, lifelong illness, but never in such a way that the trauma that you see and the things that you go through, it's not just as simple as pushing them aside and pushing them away and when you live through something like that you start to see life very very differently so whilst I've I've suffered with anxiety many different adversities and challenges that I've had to overcome in my life since I was 18 it's it was that that kind of pulled the rug um from from under me and I was in a job where I am training, I'm developing, I'm helping other people develop, I'm a business consultant, management consultant across the UK, and then went to do that in Europe. And when, when you're trying to help other people, everything in your life is flipped upside down, and you're putting the smile on, and you're going at it day after day, there's going, if you're not dealing with those emotions, and you're putting them down somewhere, it is going to manifest itself into physical symptoms. It, it will very, very quickly. Uh, I was suffering panic attacks while I was fry, flying just to Paris. It's only a 45-minute flight. Doesn't even It might even be quicker than that. I was having panic attacks because I was just moving through life very, very quickly without understanding my own values and my own self. I, I was an emotionally intelligent person, but the person I was neglecting was me. And my mental health, ultimately, that's what I was doing. I was pushing my priorities and the things that I felt about myself and my well-being aside for others. And whilst that's a a great thing to do, Amy, and as people that want to help other people, this is what we do. That's great. But if there's nothing left in your cup, you can't keep going. So... You know, burnout, depression, anxiety, phobias, these things happened. I had counselling of my own for six months and it taught me so much and it opened up so much of my own life and the way I feel about myself, my self-confidence. I found out my why, <laughs> a lot more from finding out those values. So I trained as a counsellor. I felt that what I was doing in training and development was fantastic. It was great. I was, I was changing people's lives already. It just added that layer of, oh, hang on a minute, how can we look after people or help people a little bit more? Whilst I'm talking very much on the podcast right now, it's how do I listen a little bit more? How do I listen to the unsaid things that are going on in a person's life? So that's, that's, I suppose, that's really my why, why I do what I do. And and after going through all of this, I just really wanted to set up a company that I know in my heart will help other people and does make a difference to on a one on one situation, as well as in a classroom situation to inspire, motivate, help people to think about some of the things that they they're doing. Also, from a business perspective, it's big revenue. it's not it's not the goal it's not you don't go into it going I want to make money from this well-being program that that's not the that's not the right way to look at it it's I want to improve the lives of people I want to make a difference to the team and the people that I have I want my leaders and managers to really empathize and understand their the people that they're working with for, for the best performance and when you do all those things and you implement that plan you will get growth, you will get revenue. If you follow your heart and do things for the right reasons, there's an abundance of things that come back. So, that's yeah, that's <laughs> really you can feel my passion, I'm sure, in, in what I'm saying. And it's what I live day in, day out. That's what I want to do. And yeah, maybe I'm one person that wants to change the world, but it, it, the more people that I help, the more people that get involved, the sooner we can make those changes.
0: And how receptive are companies to having you on board?
1: Well, it's an interesting one because you, you'll work with a company and they will, they'll, they'll want an answer or, or, and some advice it, The chat, and, and, and everyone's very receptive to that because they're seeking a solution. The challenge comes when you're looking at a well-being program and you've said, "You okay, let me explain it like this. If I was going to help you get a gold medal, I'd set out a plan for 10 years and say, you know, Amy, this is, you, this is what's going to happen in year one. This is what's going to happen in year two. Then we're going to do this. You're going to need to get up at five o'clock every day and go training. And everyone loves that plan. It's the execution that becomes a challenge. And that's where... You have to be an honest business consultant to, to, and a person, again, that has the emotional intelligence to connect with other leaders or heads of organisations in a boardroom setting and say, guys, this works. What are the barriers or the roadblocks to making those changes and implementing those things that occur? Because, That's what we're talking about. We're talking about changing lives. We're talking about growth. We're talking about increased revenue. We're talking about keeping your best people and not having them go somewhere else. We're talking about having a a culture that engages people so much that it can feel like you're part of the New Zealand All Blacks. That's that's what it's about. If anyone was going to have a culture and they want to have an amazing team of people, you look at them as as a, a sports team and what they achieve together, because it's not, and I always say this, it's not about the rugby, it's about the people and the camaraderie and the team, and they'll, they won't leave any man behind. And they take care of the I's and the T's, you know, dot on the I's, crossing the T's. It's, how do you get that? And for me, I find business leaders or heads of, of companies start to lose sight of that being possible. So they'll say things such as, oh, but it doesn't really work down in Cornwall. It's not really like that there. Or, yeah, in the Northwest, oh, they're, they're, just not, they're just not that happy. They're just not those types of people. I'm like, wow. <laughs> You're telling me, let's rewind. What happened to those people five years ago that made them unhappy? Because they've been in your organization for a lot longer than that. Why? Yes, we we're, were on the start. what well, something happened along the way where they got promised this amazing business to maybe be a part of, and somewhere along that journey, they lost faith. And they're there going through this day in, day out because they want to support their families, they want to, you know, be able to pay their bills, buy their house. Some something happened to that individual that came in smiling, beaming, ready to change the world, be part of something new. And maybe they were sold false hope. Maybe after a year or two they realized that the things that they said and the feedback that they give to a company didn't matter anymore. Or that the manager that they were speaking to belittled them in all of the meetings that they went to. Or that when they raised their voice to say that they were unhappy about something that was happening next to them, no one listened. So it's it's a big topic. It's not something that changes overnight. It's possible though. And that's where I come in. I am I am an idealist. A lot of people will say, I can be a realist. Let's be real about what we can do now and what we can do. But I am an idealist. And I think you've got to go into a situation feeling like what is the best possible outcome that I can I can get. Here's another way of explaining it. Every time I look at a challenge or a goal in my life, I will say, I want to aim Aim for the stars, hit the moon, not aim for the moon, hit the stars. Because setting a goal that is way beyond where you want to be, you will get you will get much further down that line. Set a big, fat, aspirational goal that is bigger than you, bigger than people, bigger than just going for a run for 5K or something, and set that goal so high that you, you're going to get there, but it's going to be difficult.
0: And why... Yeah, why is it important for you to to speak out so passionately about this?
1: Because there's so many people that voices don't get heard, that aren't influential, that won't speak up, that are scared to step out because, well, what if I get fired? What if I lose my job? What if nobody talks to me? Uh, What about the stigma regarding my mental health? If I start to say I'm worried or stressed at work, people are going to treat me differently. These things, I, I... I've been through it. I've lived through it. It's happened. I've been in. I, I, I didn't go to university. I didn't do it. Every every course, everything that I have ever done or worked towards, I've done it for a reason. That's I suppose that's something we could potentially talk about as well. I've done it for a reason with purpose and with passion, and I've done it alongside my career. So I've I've been working in the business world since I was sixteen years old. That's that's going to be twenty years tomorrow. And there have been so many times in my career where I've been made to feel out of place, uh, undervalued. And and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm the only one. I, of course I'm not. There's so many more people out there that go through this and have these things that are happening. The challenge that you have is that the C-suite... No, no one else can see me, but my hands are going up all over the place here, guys. The C-suite... And what happens on the front line, the, the perception of what is going on at the top of the organization and what is happening on the, the, the front line of the business can be very, very different. I'll, I'll give you an example. Someone said to me the other day, or oh, I, I think what you're saying, Melissa, <laughs> said it quite outright to me, what you're saying is very harsh and is very broad. I think it's unfair. And all of my managers have always been great. And they've always spent time with their people. And I can see Amy's face smirking at this one. And I responded back with, okay, I'm glad you've had that experience. I'm mindful of the words always and every time. Because every time can become a tick box exercise and always doesn't exist. So in my experience... Only in in organisations I've worked with and in businesses that I've been a part of, there has only been twenty five percent of the managers or leaders that spend time with their people to understand what's going on. And I I created the canary concept. It's very much about improving mental health and well being through eight key principles. If you put someone, if you put a canary into a dark mine, that is you know, there for the safety of others and it comes out, it's covered in soot, it's not singing anymore. You put that you put that canary in that mine. So canaries only sing in good environments. If you have only 25% of your managers spending time with your people to understand them. And and you can't save canaries if you don't know they're in the mine. And I also say this in terms of a lifeguard, I can't stop you from drowning if I don't know you're in the pool. So why am I so busy when I'm a people manager, not spending time with my people? So I I, I am, I'm, I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> we put a time on this podcast, but I could probably talk about it all day, Amy. There has to be change.
0: And there's so many different strands that I could pick up on just from what you were just saying and from the sort of unconscious bias that sort of the c-suite have to the stigma that surrounds mental health There, there there are different strands there I think what I'd like to do is is how can you remove those barriers how can you remove that stigma
1: it starts with just understanding we all have mental health that's it it's not about diagnosis it's not about putting someone in a box and saying you have a mental illness the 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 World Health Organization are very cautious of putting diagnosis and putting, they don't really want to call it a disorder because it, it, it puts, it labels something. It's about coaching your people through dark times. That's it. It's about understanding them and wanting the best for them so that no matter what is going on outside of work, they come in and they can be honest with you and you can help them go. You can help them forget about it for, for those eight, nine hours that they're with you in that day, maybe longer if they, they're, you know, they're a dedicated um, worker. And that, that's a point as well. Presenteeism. I, I, you could probably ring up my last company and ask about my sickness record or the times that I rung up and said, I can't do this today. Didn't happen. In my head, I said, I can't do this today. And I still got up. My body felt like it was absolutely broken and exhausted. I put on my makeup, I did my hair, and I went into work. I had no one to talk to about it. I had I had some great leaders. The last thing you want to do is, is open up about that when you're about to do a seminar for maybe 20 other people. So the way that we can reduce the stigma is definitely by talking about it more, being aware of mental health as a a whole what the classifications are so there are five major classifications of mental health disorders it's understanding them not labeling them and then it's adding people skills into that so the canary concept which i've created basically combines the psychological aspects and emotional intelligence of leader characteristics with mental health awareness that's why i wanted to do this because in the market today There are mental health awareness courses that say you need to know this, this and this. And then there's leadership courses. To me, those two are very, very combined. How can you lead people if there isn't an understanding of emotional well-being? Even for yourself, if you don't understand yourself, how can you lead others?
0: So you're you're aligning the sort of human DNA with the company DNA and sort of understanding that they are combined that they are they need to coexist and that you can't expect someone to be on their A game every day
1: no you can't expect someone to be on their A game every day you can help them feel like they want to be and you can help them tell you it's okay to tell someone, I feel absolutely horrendous this morning. How am I going to get through this day? And for your manager to turn around and say, because you know you can do it, Melissa. But I tell you what, we need to have a, we need to have a chat. Because if that's how you're feeling, let's start to be, let's, let's make sure we have proper time this week to really catch up on what's going on for you. An element of the Canary concept, and it comes under communication, and it's about goal setting. In business, we can be really, really objective. So, what I'd suggest to anyone listening is to set up a non objective meeting with your team on a weekly basis or a, a bi weekly basis, as long as it's happening at least twice a month, right? What's on your mind? A W O Y M meeting. This is your time. Tell me what we want. It's free. It doesn't matter. It's not going on an HR record. What do you want to say? What's on your mind? I want to listen to you
0: and what sort of people what sort of time frame does that take before people can start freely speaking
1: it should happen straight away it should happen straight away if you're the right person to be asking those questions and your team know that you care don't just do it because you you have to do it do it because you want to do it do it because just that 30 minutes or even 20 minutes by asking someone what's on their mind may make a massive difference to their entire day, their entire week. If they say, actually, I don't have anything on my mind today, life is good. Wow, you just asked a brilliant question, you aligned with the fact that they're feeling great, boom, brilliant, move on. Or say, well, you know what, just remember if there is anything, just let me know, okay? You know you can always talk to me or pick up the phone. Brilliant, thanks, move on. You may get someone that you ask that question to and they fall to pieces absolutely cry and yeah we have to find a way to become comfortable with being uncomfortable and those uncomfortable conversations lead to the best life experiences for you as a manager and for that person as as an individual and having a coach or someone that can help and talk to you about that and empower you to ask the right questions and not be scared of the answer it's is a powerful a powerful position to put anyone into um yeah that's that's what I would say on that
0: so are you speaking to employees right now or are you speaking to the c-suite who are are you talking to everyone and saying this is possible
1: so yes I'm saying to managers out there now if you are listening and a lot of the time they're not talking to their people either through lack of self-awareness and time management of maybe their own tasks they might be burning themselves out to the managers that are scared to have conversations or to cross that barrier because of their own um self-belief then come do a training session spend some time with me you want to have a one-on-one session or you want to do maybe a, a training course you can do the canary concept i was doing that as a a workshop that I was delivering and you can be certified in it. Uh, It's going to be online within the next couple of months. So that's uh, an opportunity for anyone that is working from home. They can do it from your home. And for the C-suite, my conversation to you is just get in touch. Let's have an honest conversation about what you're doing for employees right now. Let's Let's be clear about what's working and what's not working. You can throw all of the yoga classes at people. It's great. Don't get me wrong. Give people a physical, mental, spiritual outlet. Give them those things, but they're not going to fix the stuff that's being unsaid because it's about conversation and communication more than anything, and, and noticing what's what's going on, and then come back to it. Is it work? Ask yourself: Is this working? Also, if you're using, a I don't mean to say, but it's it's honest. If you're using a company that is or or someone that's there that is meant to be helping you with those things and you've been paying them and you're not getting the results that you want to achieve for your people don't just renew the contract because it's the easy thing to do because you've been working with someone in a partnership find the answers for your people because that's why you set up that business nobody nobody should go into a business just thinking I want to make a lot of money it's It's not it's about your people, so.
0: and with with the importance of people, what do you go around and do your professional speaking and motivational speaking? Where do you do that?
1: <laughs> on this? A lot of it at the moment is on uh, podcasting. It was very much based on seminars and manager kind of conferences that I was doing that for the last five years. So it wasn't anything It's not. It's not that I'm, I was being necessarily a paid and booked speaker. It was for the clients that we had, um, although I'm open to do that. It's, if you like the things that I'm talking about now and you, you want me to talk about that, I can. Uh, I talk about some of the experiences that I've gone through myself. Um, and, um, you know, from a, an awareness perspective of mental health, I can be very open uh, about a lot of the emotional stories and, and things that I've gone through you want to rally people against you know towards goals towards achieving performance I can also do that and uplift too it's, uh, it's it's up to you if, if there's someone out there now that likes what I'm saying and wants to get me involved then go for it I'm I'm not one that likes to and you know Amy I told you this at the beginning I'm, I'm not one that speaks for me I speak for others that's that's why I do what I do and I don't it's not about what I achieve. And yes, I've created this. And yes, I'm doing these things. I'm doing it for other people. And I'm getting quite emotional saying that, but that is the truth. If you really want to make a difference to people and you want to book me as a speaker, I'll stand on that stage and I'll be as honest as you want me to be with the people that are there because we move people through stories. We move people through real life experiences and helping people see that there's hope, that there's belief and that, Things are better in the future when you focus on what you're doing in the here and now, so
0: and something that you mentioned right at the beginning is that every course you've done you've done with purpose. Why is that
1: because when i, I was I was probably slightly arrogant, Amy when I was in school didn't understand my why this is also why i'm I'm, I'm putting an initiative together for education and for schools with a, a very amazing lady called uh, Hayley, hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be speaking to the government about that. But it, it, when I was in school, I didn't understand my why, didn't really know what was going on. I was this person that stuck up for other people. If I saw someone being bullied, I'd jump in and go, okay, we we this is wrong, someone needs to stop this. I was one of those people, but I didn't really understand my why and what, what I was doing. So when it came to my GCSEs, and being quite honest with you, I thought terrible thing to think but it's true well if the teachers have done their job then I'll be able to pass what a silly thing to think it was that's what I thought when I was 16 years old 15 16 years old I thought well meh I'll pass right if if they've if they've educated me well what a silly thing to think thankfully I did I, pr- I could have done a lot better in my GCSEs if I didn't have that way of thinking but all of them were A to C. It it, it, it was fine. The challenge for me was, what was I gonna do next? Was it college? Was it courses? And what I finally realized is when I put my hand in my pocket, and I really knew this is what I wanna do. Like a driving test, right? The highest score possible. On my theory test, why? Because I wanted to do it. Because every part of my body said, "I want to get in that car. I want to be able to have my freedom. I'm going to do the best that I can do with this money that I've invested." So we don't always promote education as an investment for for um, for individuals or students. They don't see the benefits a lot of what they're doing, and to, when they're more self-aware, they'll see that no one's having those conversations with them about their emotional well-being or or some people are actually me say nobody that's wrong some people are having those conversations we need to do it more and if there was emotional well-being classes as well as physical education classes then we may have a very brighter future uh, for a lot of people
0: so, what I'm hearing is that obviously the trauma has played a big part in your life of your father dying and also of the experiences and the mistakes that you've made. By helping other people not have to go through that, will they have the same depth of understanding of why it's important as you have?
1: Hmm, interesting conversation. I think opening yourself up, you realize things a lot sooner. So, I talk about the things that I talk about now, they were happening. 15 years ago. So if I if I'd known maybe back then more of of not not to change, I wouldn't change anything. If I just understood myself and emotions and how I was feeling a lot more when I was younger, then maybe I wouldn't have got into certain situations or I wouldn't have felt as bad about those situations. I would have been able to pick myself up up a bit quicker or had less sickness days, maybe when I was younger. So I wouldn't say it's taken away that depth of experience because we're all at some point we're all going to lose loved ones I'm saying that there's people out there that you can talk to about it and don't feel lonely try not to think I can't talk to other people it's about togetherness so there's there's that part to your question the other part is most people that I end up training speaking to coaching counseling I've already gone through it so they're in this the quicksand all I'm doing is reaching out a hand to help them come back up for air come back to wow someone does want to listen someone does understand what I've been through and can help me get to a a brighter place so if you're we're going to fail in life. We're going to do things. We're going to do mistakes. But listening to other people and the stories that they've come through can help it not not feel so bad.
0: And what sort of level or number of people do do you know suffer from mental health issues?
1: I would say every person in my life. If I'm. We're talking friends, family, mums, sisters, brothers. Every single person that I have within my close circle of friends has suffered with a mental health difficulty within the last two years. That's 100% of people that I know in my life. So whilst we're saying one in four people, one in four people are presenting with a mental health illness or challenge. The other people aren't. And I I said this to somebody the other day. In business, we talk about complaints. If there's one customer that's complaining, there's probably another four people that didn't bother complaining for them or, or to you. So you can't just look at it as one person that's making that complaint. There were others that couldn't be bothered to. And I think that's what we're talking about in terms of mental health as an analogy. To come back to it is for every person that speaks up, there's people that aren't so we we all have mental health you talk to anyone that's working in the sector they'll tell you that we all have mental health so it starts with just looking after it and being aware of it, it, it if you could go to a gym for mental health once a week it, some people call that yoga some people call it meditation others it's a support group others it's a friday night having a few drinks with people you you love and you can be honest with if you can Have honest conversations at least once a week with people that you are close to, that understand you, or maybe people that aren't close to you. If you want to reach out to someone like myself, it's good because you get a different perspective and you get someone that's there to listen to you. Um, If people did that a lot more, the world would feel better. Wouldn't be necessarily better. They would feel better.
0: And I think it goes back to something you said earlier about we have to get uncomfortable to be comfortable. And in the same way that people want to be healthy and fit in their physical health and they want to go to the gym, but they don't. In the same way, they want to have their mental health in a good place, too. But again, they just don't do it because it requires effort.
1: Because it's effort and it's a bit scary. I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk say the other day that he found meditation scary. He doesn't do it because he doesn't want to mess with his mind. I was like, hmm, hang on. I, but although I, I came back to that, meditation is really thinking about something and deep thought to something. I'm sure someone like Gary takes a moment to really think about what he's doing. It's, it's about fear. We, we, we fear what we don't understand. And a lot of that fear can be reduced by, by knowledge. And the, if you go on the World Health Organization website, you'll see the definition of good health it is mental physical and social so at the moment in the pandemic we haven't got the social we we are really being challenged with the social we can do zoom it's it's not the same we're human beings that like to interact with others physical you can go to the gym all you like every day if you want it's not going to fix your mind it's going to help with the chemical release and the way that we use um The way that cortisol is released into the body, the way that serotonin is released into the body, adrenaline, that can help. If you aren't looking after that third pillar of mental health, the rest of it will start to crumble. And it's the other way as well. You can look after all your mental health. But if you're not looking after your physical health and you're putting a load of junk food down your neck every (laughs) few days and you're, you know, weight and, you know, unhealthy, then it's not you're not going to be of complete good health it's not just to be in good health is not just merely not having infirmity or disease it's about on a scale of one to ten where would you put those three parts in that triangle and if it's at a six right now what does a ten look like to you how are you going to get what are you going to sacrifice though you said it it's hard work what are you going to sacrifice to get there
0: well, I think there's there's a famous quote of it doesn't cost anything to be kind, or you know it, it's a it's so easy to be kind, so why don't you kind of thing. I think there's, there's a very poorly um, quote that I've just <laughs> tried to relay from Dalai Lama. I just know that it, it it's something along the lines of it costs nothing to be kind. So
1: kindness costs nothing. Yeah, so maybe you're making the new Amy quote.
0: I hope not because that was absolutely garbled <laughs> but, in, but in terms of being more self-aware and being more understanding in in what you're doing and, and how you're operating and being more kind with that then you receive that and the more you give the more you receive which is you know we, we know that that's the way that we can So the more you smile the more people will smile back at you and it, it just keeps on going it's so simple and the, those don't require much effort
1: no absolutely not to be grateful for what we have we hear people complain every day you only have to jump on facebook to see how many people are complaining we hear people complain when you're complaining through adversity and through something that is very wrong that you can you know speak out If you're complaining about things that you can change and you're losing you're losing sight of what you have already in life don't need branded clothing You don't need the best of everything. You don't need to have a Range Rover when you could get where you need to go in a Ford Focus as well. They're great. They're brilliant cars. I've had the chance to spend, um, I worked in automotive for a while, so I got a chance to experience different cars. But the the point is, if you can be happy in you, you don't feel like other things need to fill that hole and you can understand your own self-worth, you'll feel richer from not having much more than understanding and gratitude for your own life in the world even though we're going through a pandemic in the UK we all have hot running water electricity we have a toilet that is inside and many people have roofs over their head. I understand that you know homelessness is, is is a major, major challenge in the UK as well. And thankfully a lot of things have changed for them since the pandemic. So there's been some good that has happened in, in change. We have to be grateful for what we have. We didn't have it 200, 300 years ago. And that's our happiness starts there too. They say that if you do, if you're grateful, And you make a list of at least three things that you're grateful for every day. And you do that for a week that the results will last for six months and you'll reduce your anxiety and your depression symptoms by 35% uh, in a recent research study. So there's a lot to be said for just allowing yourself to be and and the things that you have in life, just loving them.
0: I love that. That's great. So your podcast, tell us about your podcast.
1: Oh, the podcast. It's brilliant. The more people I speak to on the podcast, Amy, and I know you're going to come on and and talk on it, so it's going to be great to switch roles. The more people that I speak to, the more I get fired up and passionate to do what I do. So it's called the Hot Wagon Podcast. There's humans on the wagon. We're on uh, on a destination. I call followers. I don't call them followers. I call them or listeners. I call them hikers. uh, Because we're hiking somewhere. We're on a destination. We want to get to that top of that peak. Uh, and we want to keep going, no matter how fast or small or slow. Um, but yeah, it's I interview guests, and I call them hero sessions, which you will be one of them because there are seven Hot Wagon values, and they're very much centered around its seven H's: uh, this heart, humble, head, heart. <laughs> it's, it's so many. So with that, we t- it's it's about having honest conversations with people that love people, that people that do what they do because they want to help others and that's why I call it hero sessions no you don't wear a cape and they don't wear a cape but it's about how can other people learn from the conversation I'm having with you what do you do that really impacts other people why do you do what you do and also how can we openly talk about mental health in a way that if one person is listening it will impact them I talk about the starfish story all the time if, if it makes a difference to throw in one starfish in when there's 20,000 on the beach, it's a big, big impact. Just have have the right conversations with the right people and for the right reasons and good will come of that.
0: Well, I really look forward to being on that podcast and there's a lot of H's there. Is there a significance behind the H?
1: Uh, there is. My dad was called Who, so I wanted to really... And not just that; it is very much about the heart, the heart, and the head. It's I think it symbolises me as well uh, of who I am. Um, You can probably feel everything I do is with my heart. I will wear my heart on my sleeve, and I, I, I hid my heart away, Amy, for a very long time. I didn't trust people with me, and I became objective and not emotional which and I made mistakes in management because of that um and now no now my heart is out it's not going back in
0: <laughs> maybe it should be the heart wagon instead of the hot wagon
1: <laughs> yeah maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll
0: see <laughs> well I, I yeah I look forward to, to doing that and I, I'm going to go and see who's been on there before to see who's been in the, my seat before like get on my wagon <laughs> to see the footsteps I'm following <laughs>
1: Definitely. Check it out. And yeah, if there's anyone else out there that would like to be a guest, would like me to be a guest, that's um, that's fine too. I, I don't like to start talking, but once I do, you can feel that once you let those wheels come off, I just
0: go for it. I think it's really lovely having the energy in the, in the room and, and I know that people who are listening will be springing in their step listening to you because you just have that sort of lovely sort of energy that you're transmitting and I, that's what's so great and I know they can't see you right now but they can definitely hear you and your voice is, has been very energizing for me so I'm sure it's been the same for them. So how would people get in contact with you Melissa?
1: Well I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on there, Melissa Curran. And I'm also on oh, oh, the website, of course, the website. It's uh, modernmindgroup.co.uk or .com. It'll take you to, to both. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Modern Mind Group. And also, obviously, the Hot Wagon podcast is also on um, Facebook and Instagram, just at Hot Wagon LTD.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure they all go in the show notes so that people can see that as well. It's been incredible having you here and I, I know that you will make a difference to people. I know that you're going to help other people to, to prevent them from going through what you've gone through and remove the barriers, try and remove the stigma. There's a lot of work going on. I can see it all. So well done you. What's your final message today?
1: My final message today is, I'm, I'm deep in thought about this because I've got quite a few thoughts. <laughs> What's on my mind? Yeah. Um, What I want to say to you is, when I started running, it was hard. And every step of the way, my, not my body, my mind told me to stop. My mind told me to stop. And if you can coach yourself to keep going, and your own mind is telling you not to, And you will be okay. And if you can't find a way to coach yourself to keep going, call me or call the Samaritans because your life is worth it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via canadly.com forward slash Amy Rollinson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website AmyRollinson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.